Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shalom Redarshim Shloshim Yom. Today is the fifth day in our quest to learn all about the holiday of Shabbos. And we had spoken about yesterday, again, like we say, when we do these series, series A. Series A? Series A. Anybody who knows grammar, please email me at azdk1001 at gmail.com so that I can get down how to pronounce series Zai-Zos. I don't really know how to say it. But anyways, we had been, as, as we as we always do with these series I, um, is that is that I highly recommend every time that if you happen to click on this podcast and you jump right into the fire, I recommend you to slow down, look at the beginning of the series so that you can fully understand the scope of what we're talking about. Okay, now right back into it. And so now we're going to be talking about um, adult children and some of the implications of those when it comes to when it comes to lighting candles on Shabbos. We have previously mentioned, says our Sefer, the Sefer, Kavod Va'onek Shabbos, our favorite, favorite Sefer, the Radiance of Shabbos. Now speaking, it says, we have previously mentioned that with the candle lighting of one member of the household, that the entire household fulfills its obligation. Like we said, the idea of Shomek Ona, or maybe it's not that idea. Um, therefore, the children of the household do not have to light their own candles. However, this is true only if they are home in uh, if they only if, only if they are home for Shabbos, since they are then considered a part of the household. Again, it's a household in in Judaism is measured by by where you sleep. That is that is similar to the fact that I remember for for Hanukkah candles earlier this year, my cousin got married, and so the Sheva Brachos was being hosted at my uncle's house in Passaic, New Jersey. So I wasn't staying at my uncle's house, but if I were to be staying at my uncle's house, I would have lit the Hanukkah candles with him. I happened to light the Hanukkah candles with him, but that was through uh, kind of halachic heter, um, where I transferred money to him, and that made it that that was my domain. I don't know, I didn't really understand it. My, my uncle's a, a smart guy, so he knew what he was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing. But the, the general principle is that wherever you're sleeping, that's where you light the Hanukkah candles. And it's a very similar idea with the Shabbos candles. You do it wherever you're sleeping. Um, if they're not home for Shabbos, they're not considered part of the household for that Shabbos, and they must consequently light their own candles, for example. Like we're going to get to in a second. Um, the rules for their fulfilling their obligation when they are not home for Shabbos are as follows. But first, Baruch Atah apologize. I had, we were with my family and we went to Trader Joe's. Fantastic store. They didn't sponsor this place, not um, this podcast, not in any capacity, but sponsorship's always welcome if you're a business out there and you, and you feel the need to sponsor some Torah learning. I would happily accept that. Um, no, we were in Trader Joe's, and we found this. It's called, like, the Seven Green Drink. Um, so I poured some of it into my water just to dilute it a little bit. Now I have my whole water bottle that I have keeping with me in the studio, and it is absolutely squumptious. Okay, so now we're going to hear about the people who aren't home for Shabbos. Number one is at the home of a friend. If a boy or girl went to another family for the entire Shabbos, it's the easy case, he or she becomes part of that household and fulfills the obligation with the candlelighting of the household. Like we said, if you go to someone's house and you're sleeping at that house, then it's considered like you live there, at least temporarily. Similar idea could be said for a hotel. Similar idea could be said for an Airbnb, um, etc., etc. Which is coming straight from, well, the first point is coming from the Aruch Shulchan. Um, I'm not so sure where this comes from. B'Shem HaRashal. The Rashal says this. If they are merely eating at a friend's house, but they are sleeping at home, so so if they're just going over to eat, but they're, but they're sleeping at home, they fulfill their obligation with their candles that are lit in their own home. Again, it's all tala, it's all hanging on the fact of where you're sleeping. In this case, they are still considered part of their, of, their own, of their own household. And what about yeshiva or seminary? You ready? So in a yeshiva or in a seminary, 
Says the Sefer, in a case where many yeshiva students eat together in a dining hall, one of them should light the candles with the bruch on behalf of the entire student body. Thus, they will have fulfilled their obligation of lighting the candles for covered Shabbos. If the room in if the room in which an individual sleeps requires light for Shabbos, he should um, he should make sure to leave a light on there for the sake of Shalom Bais, like we have like we spoke about in I believe the second ever episode of the series. Again, if you didn't do it, what are you doing? Come on. Get a move on it. Go back in and listen to these podcasts. Um, for Shalom Bayes, a peaceful house. Um, however, no bracha is made. No bracha is made um, on the on the Shalom Bayes one, just, just in your house. A yeshiva student who eats in his parents' house but sleeps in the yeshiva fulfills his... This is an interesting case. I don't know if such a yeshiva. Fulfills his candle lighting, obliga- fulfills his candle lighting obligation with his mother's lighting. Interesting. So he... he this kind of seems like it's going against the principle that we lay down for ourselves, which is wherever you sleep, that's that's where you light. But he fulfills from his mother's lighting because he ate in their house. If, however, the room in which he sleeps requires extra light, he should light there without a bracha, because, like we said, it was already um, from his mother's house that he that he received the um, the um, the yotzias, The he was yotzi, um, he was yotzi the mitzvah. In the case of a yeshiva student who eats by a friend. And not in the dining hall, so he's in the yeshiva, right? He's away from home, but then he goes to his friend um, and sleeps in the yeshiva. So it's the most complicated case we could possibly get. He's not in his parents' house, so we don't have, like we saw with the last case that we just presented, if you're in your parents' house and you even eat the meal, then you are considered living there. You're not in the parents' house. You're not eating in the parents' house. You're in the yeshiva, but you're not eating in the yeshiva, but you still sleep in the yeshiva. Complicated case. You're, you're eating by a friend and you're sleeping by the yeshiva, there are authorities who feel that he fulfills his candle-lighting obligation with the candles of his host. This is because he is considered part of the household where he eats, even though he doesn't sleep there. Interesting halachic point. All right. Thank you so much for learning some Torah with me. I really appreciate it. And otherwise, I'd be very lonely in this room if I didn't have all of you guys here learning with me. And I hope that you are excited because we are now one day closer to the holiday of Shabbos. Have a wonderful day.